This is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Based on your experience and what you're seeing, how is COVID-19, this pandemic, really impacting mental health in our communities? And what is a normal response to this pandemic? Um, Well, Brian, I'll tell you, there is no normal response. Um, At the same time, everything is a normal response. Um, In in essence, none of us were prepared for this. Um, When there is a pandemic, people go into a a kind of a panic response. We all have a built-in mechanism inside our bodies that when something scary or unexpected happens, our bodies and minds and nervous systems go into a state of protect me, protect me and protect the ones I love. So um, when we go into protection mode, it means we um, get nervous, we get scared, we get sad, we get afraid. We get anxious, we get uh, short-tempered, we get uh, sad, we get, um, some people isolate, some people feel hopeless, we all feel helpless. Um, We don't know how to control this yet, and that's pretty apparent across the world. So essentially, all responses are normal, Um, whether, whether people feel an exacerbation of something that's going on, or they feel, you know, extra... Um, excitable or extra sad or extra nervous, those are all normal responses. Right, right. So so in that light, what does healthy coping look like during this pandemic? Um, you know, whenever there's something that is as great as this, something as big as this, and there's something that um, we really have no control over, the best thing to do is exercise the things we do have control over. I call it getting back to the basics, um, which is get your rest. <laughs> Try to eat well. Treat yourself with extra TLC. Act as if you really were sick. Uh, Make sure you're getting your sleep. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. Try to exercise. Um, Try not to indulge in too many Girl Scout cookies that were delivered recently. Try not to indulge in a couple extra glasses of wine or um, excessive partying. I mean, those those are coping skills that that plenty of people use. And in a normal time, in a in a regular time, those are all. Decent responses in moderation, you know, sitting down with an extra extra large bowl of ice cream or an extra large indulgence can be normal. Um, but right now, it really is about being healthy and following the guidance that we're given. I mean, some of the guidance we're being given is really consistent. You know, wash your hands a lot frequently. Um, right. You know, wipe off surfaces, stay away from people who are sick, keep your social distance. All of those things are excellent ideas as well. Yeah. So just practical advice, listen to what folks are telling us, but also take time for yourself is what it sounds like. Right. Um, so let's talk about two areas here. What What's some of the advice you'd provide to those that are working from home uh, to a sort of remain mentally connected uh, and being mentally prepared for that, that long-term uh, isolation? And how do they support their mental health in prolonged situations like that? Isolation. So- Sure. You know, being isolated is one of the things that impacts us most as humans. Um, You know, if you think about back in the early days of society, when when humanity first began, there were hunters and there were gatherers. And some people went out and got the food and other people 
they were the hunters and then there were the gatherers who stayed by the home front and protected that. We've never existed in a vacuum. Social distancing and the isolation that comes with it is not natural for us. Anybody who's experiencing it now knows that firsthand. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. What is an antidote to it is staying connected however you can. I was listening to Cole's presentation yesterday about the, the services and the programs that we're offering to help people stay connected over social media, over the phone, um, help people have a sense of normalcy during this time. So for folks who are working at home, I recommend many workplaces say, take a 15 minute break in the morning and a 15 minute break in the afternoon and take a lunch somewhere in between those breaks. Keep doing that. So keep kind of doing the normal things, you know, but does right. that include like getting up in the morning, taking a shower like you normally would, going through those rituals? The ritual is very important. Take your shower, get dressed, put on your makeup, to do your hair, take as much normalcy as we can find during this time is what's going to be healthy for us. During your breaks, connect on social media, connect wherever you can, call somebody who is long distance. Um, I found that my friends who have a great senses of humor are great during this time because they keep me laughing. And then there are the friends who I can help share my serious concerns with. That's all a very important. Keep in mind that you are a rounded person. And so even if you're working from home, not only do you need to incorporate as much normalcy as you can, but you also need to remember this is not going to last forever. This right. is not the way it's going to be forever. Right. There's always, eventually this will come to an end, right? And, our, and our goal is to stay healthy physically and mentally during that as for as long as we can, right? So you had mentioned, um, you know, uh, taking the breaks and, uh, you know, and, and checking out on social media. Obviously, a lot of this stress is built on information overload where, you know, there's information coming on us. Uh, uh, sometimes it's very politicized. It becomes very, very nerve wracking. When does information intake become too much? Probably at least by now, most people are on information overload. Um, it's too much when it's more than once or twice a day. Um, and I say that, you know, some people are connected to their phones and connected to their news updates 24 seven. Now is not the time for that. Now is the time to curb that. There is so much information. Our minds can only process so much at one time. And quite frankly, anytime we take in upsetting information repeatedly, we run the risk of sabotaging our own health and wellness and our own mental health. So I really do recommend keeping it to once a day, twice a day max, and limiting the amount of the amount of time that you spend watching. You know, they they recycle and they rerun all of these. You know, news right. flash- news cycles every thirty minutes. It's the same thing basically. It becomes just deafening. I would think at, mm-hmm. certain, at a certain point. Yes. But also, what about you know? Do, so on that twice a day, what should people be looking for and to stay in touch and to stay informed? How should they consume that information? What's your advice? You know, I think we look at sources that are reliable. Um, I I use the World Health Organization. I use um, the National Institute of Health, the CDC, and not too many other sources. Um, what we're looking for is: are there any new ways to protect? 
myself? Do I need to do something different than just washing my hands? Do I need to do something different than um, keeping six feet? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for right. anything I don't already know. Right, exactly. We know so, it's bad and we and we know it's getting worse. We just say, so, yeah, keep doing what we're, what we're being advised to do, but staying in touch with those sources that can keep us informed of what we need, if, if that changes, correct? Exactly. That's what I'm hearing. So on that note, um, what's, you know, being at home, going through our routines, what about suggestions for, you know, creating variety in the daily routines, breaking it up a little bit? What's your advice in that area? So this is where I start to have fun. Um, you know, we get stuck in patterns and ruts, right? All of a sudden we find ourselves in this situation where at home, we're alone, you know, nothing's going on. We don't know what to go on. So this is where you get creative. There are, you know, anybody who has the ability to search can search for what to do when you're bored. Um, take There's a bubble bath. There's tons of stuff out there for that. Take a bubble bath. Go through your closet. Find some things to donate. Take a walk. Do some sit-ups. Do yoga. Meditate. I mean, let's face it, it. What are we in? March, end of March now. My New Year's resolutions are long gone. Create a new vision board. <laughs> Take a look at where are you now, whether it's without employment, with employment, where are you now and where would you like to be next year at this time? Make mm -hmm. this a time of renewal. Make it make something that is lonely or isolating into a, a time when we have unplanned time where we can plan. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting you said that. So, you know, obviously uh, you've mentioned um, work. What advice do you have to those that have been impacted by layoffs or are really fearful of being laid off at this time? It's very real. Um, and I, um, I, I want to take a minute to recognize the folks who really don't have a choice at this time. And there are so many of us, we're not, we're not alone in this. Um, folks aren't alone because there are so much, there's so much unemployment right now, all of a sudden, there are going to be lots of opportunities. There was, there will be opportunities. I suggest getting creative. Try things that you normally wouldn't think you would do. There are still people who need services done. There are people who are looking to support our small and local economies. Um, mm -hmm. Look for those folks. There will be job information coming and rely on what you know, right? Repurpose, reuse, recycle, get together and, you know, separate groceries, um, share things, you know, mm -hmm. and for those of us who, who are unemployed and, and can do, do for others. I mean, it will, it, it feels good, right? We all, at right. some part of ourselves, want to help another. And um, I know this community in particularly, we want to stick together. So, so look to who you know and use that social connection to see what we can provide in terms of job leads, in terms of day employment, in terms of um, good uses of our time. Right. And like you said, I mean, there are some benefits that are coming out in this stimulus package. And I think that uh, local and national officials are trying to uh, realize the impact of this as well. And I think underlying message I hear is don't panic. Right. Um, you know, it's a great time to dust off the resume. Um, uh, online schooling, there's plenty of courses out there. Learn a new skill. Um, I've been putting off my, uh, I, I downloaded Duolingo about six months ago. I use it once a month. I'm now finally like getting back into taking the Spanish lessons every day. So my Spanish is getting a little bit better. So there's always, you know, diversify, as you would say, to exactly. a certain extent, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's there's been some news also about how um, this impacts the LGBTQ plus community, um, mm-hmm. in particular the the actual virus itself. Um, so, and we serve a lot of that community, obviously. How important is healthy coping to the LGBTQ plus community? I hate to say it's more important, but it's more important. The folks who are in the LGBTQ plus community typically have, just statistically, have lower rates of getting medical care. And when you don't get medical care as routinely, because it's not a welcoming environment, or for whatever the reason is, we are, we may have things going on in our bodies that we're not aware of, mm-hmm. and that could, that could impact our immune systems being low. LGBTQ plus community has higher rates of um, smoking cigarettes. That's lung, that's respiratory, that has an impact. And obviously anybody with a diagnosis of who of HIV or AIDS has, you know, a, a severely compromised immune system, depending on what your numbers are and where you are in your treatment. So the LGBTQ plus community has some high risk factors, higher risk for mental health and substance use disorders. Healthy coping is really vital right now. It really is. What are some of the things that we at Metro are doing to help stay connected with that community and doing our part? You know, we really have turned everything that we do into uh, telephonic and video Mm -hmm. capable. I mean, you know, here I am now. I would love to be talking about healthy coping to the community anyways. But because of COVID, here I am on social media. I mean, that's fantastic. We really turn to the telephone and the video capability to continue our primary care service. Behavioral health services are continuing um, telephonically and and through video, Um, continuing our youth outreach, continuing our groups for all different populations that we have. We're still doing PrEP. We're still doing NPEP. Um, Those are vital to this community. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been been pretty amazing. Um, It really doesn't skip a beat. The pharmacies are considered an essential business, so they're delivering. Um, You know, it's just getting used to the different ways that we can connect and you know, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, I was used to, you know, I was used to make a joke because we still use fax machines at the office. It's like, you know, what, what did we ever do without fax machines? What do we, you know, I mean, imagine if this had, this pandemic was taking place 25, 30 years ago, we would really be lost in our healthcare at this point and, and very disconnected outside of the, the telephone line for most people. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing where we are. This is James Keene, Director of Development at Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to one of the many ways that support from our donors and sponsors help enable us with the ability to deliver important programming and information to our community. Help us, if you can, keep our programming live. You could buy this spot and share your message with our community. With, with children, what's the best way to talk about um, the coronavirus with kids so, and social distancing? So with children, uh, it depends on the age of the child. Um, certainly, you know, young children are not aware, um, and it's a matter of keeping them busy. Excuse me. Um, kids who are school age, they really just need to know what's age appropriate. So I would say elementary school age um, explain that there are germs and there are germs that are making people sick. And so we have to keep our distance so that we don't get sick. Um, Very simple. Uh, Middle school age kids, you know, 
they're all about their their social outlets and their their peers are much more important than family. So mm. while explaining that, you know, they know there's a pandemic, they know it's horrible, but not seeing their friends is the worst thing that's ever happened at this moment. Mm. So um, focusing more with those folks on, with those kids on their hygiene. They're not, they don't tend to be as aware of their right. own hygiene um, as maybe we would like during right. the, you know, some of those years when our hormones are raging. Right. So, um, and, and then with high schoolers and, and young adults, it's really more about uh, validating, being there for them and hearing them complain because this is horrible. Um, I have a, a close girlfriend whose daughter turned 21 yesterday. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it's and, a really bad time to and, be stuck at home. <laughs> right. So we FaceTimed and I said, you know what? You are a trooper. You will never forget this one. Right. You know, so 21st birthday legal and can't even really go to the store and buy alcohol. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I believe they have made the, uh, the liquor stores have been deemed uh, essential in some in some states. <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I don't know. Don't quote me. I've heard that's that's true. But anyway. So, so, you know, and on that note, I mean, it's not just kids, but what about those family members we're separated from, you know, grandparents, families? I mean, obviously, I, my mother is, is almost 80. You know, I haven't hugged her in a month, you know, and even when we saw each other last time, we were six feet away from each other. It's, it's really, yeah. uh, it's hard. It's really hard being, and now, you know, her building's on lockdown and they're not letting people in. So, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's the advice for, for folks like me that are missing our family? You're not alone. Um, you're not alone. I mean, those hugs, that human touch is also really vital to our existence. Um, and and right now it's just safer not to. So call more often, use the phone more often. Um, if folks are technology enabled, do FaceTime, do Skype. I mean, heck, this is a great time, especially for those folks who are elderly. Get out the old fashioned pen and paper and write a letter. Let them get something in the mail. Write a card. A little small nothing thank you means the world to somebody who at that age, you know, their social life is is limited anyways. Many of their peers are gone. Um, Mm. And and folks were far away too, you know, friends and, and loved ones who live in other cities and towns. Just reach out. Just, you know, a simple message goes a long way. In whatever media you can. Yeah, we got a question from somebody who is viewing who uh, seems, you know, like, what about the average workaholic that really, really, like, the work is their social system? How do you stay connected? I mean, obviously, we're we're all staying connected via Zoom and Skype and all those things. But, you know, when work is really your big thing in life, Mm -hmm. you know, a situation like this becomes a little bit lonely. How do you deal with that? It is lonely. And you know, while we curse, uh, social media, it is one of the most, one of the biggest blessings that we can, you know, for, for a workaholic and, um, trust me, I know I, I have that in my gene pool, um, (laughs) find projects. I mean, truly, I, I think it, I think it depends on how much if you're employed or not, right? right. So if you're employed, you can kind of be a workaholic now and you can create projects and things. If you're not employed, then really it's, you know, create something for yourself. Make a, mm-hmm. a project or a, um, a chronology, start a family tree, start a, a, you know, look up how to start a business, create something new. Um, right. Like you talked about learning a language, all of these things that you say, yeah, someday I'm going to look into that. 
you know, binge watch something, um, and, and do, you know, do your, um, do your notes on it. Like you would have been school. I mean, this is the time to kind of create silliness projects because we just have to bide time. Right. I mean, my Facebook feed now is, uh, is really, really filled with everything about the tiger King. I guess everybody is binging on that at Netflix, which took place right here in, in Tampa Bay. So, uh, it's it's almost a local story. That is good. We finished it last night. It's really good, but it's funny you say projects because, you know, one of the things that I'm doing personally is I've been wanting to redo the website for a long time now, and I am just knee deep in it. That is like my big project, right? You know, and we've had these Google pages um, that uh, need updating and refreshing mm-hmm. and new content. Right. So we're we're finding ways, you know, and it's almost like you were talking earlier about cleaning your closet. It's a great time to spring clean too, right? <laughs> if you are stuck mm-hmm. at home. I mean, and God knows we all have plenty of more stuff than we probably need in this day and age, especially if you're someone like me that's been living in the same place for 10 years. You accumulate mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. So it's a great time to do that. So um, one of the things uh, I did want to say is that, you know, we've continued programming going. We've t- taken uh, patient communications to telemedicine, you know, one of the amazing things is part of what we offer as a service is programs, LGBTQ plus programs, social support systems for our seniors and youth and trans community. Yeah. And we, you know, that is essential. Uh, you know, every Friday night we give, uh, Friday and Saturday night we give kids who are, you know, the outcasts in their in their their communities a place to meet others that are just like them. And, and not having that would just be devastating. So we have taken this online and what's what's amazing about it is that it is opening up we've had people join from oregon we've had people join from georgia we've had people join from alabama so you know now now we're sitting talking to ourselves okay well after this you know when this does blow over how do we keep that virtual element into it so you know some of these folks that are having access for the very first time can stay connected um, it's pretty amazing what, 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 you know, they say this will change the way we do business and live, uh, in many ways. And that will probably be one of them for Metro. I'm certain for sure. You know, in a time like this, a lot of people are panicky. A lot of people are, are nervous and anxious in some way. And for very good reason, one of my best antidotes, you know, in addition to the kind of back to basics, do the simple things and, and let this not be a time that has to you know, reach the heights of one of the most fabulous times in your life. And, you know, gee, when I was isolating, I did X, Y, or Z project. I think it's important that we release some of those expectations of ourselves. Um, Mm. Because even though we're home, we may not be up to cleaning out that closet because it just might be too much, right? right? Then we have just nothing to do but sit there and look at our you know, halfway cleaned out closet. So um, when I say this and, and I say be kind, be kind to yourself and be kind to others and be patient, that's a big gift. Um, how we think really, really helps us, helps us with how we feel. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we know we're reaching out to people in Oregon, we feel really good. How right? great if, is that, right? I mean, we it's fantastic. People, we changed somebody's life halfway, yeah. all the way on the other side of the country. You know, exactly. or by finding exactly. the access. There's magic, magic and everything, I guess they yeah. say, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to just say really quickly a little PSA that Metro at MetroTampaBay.org, 
Uh, you had mentioned some sources to stay in touch with. We've actually posted mm -hmm. them to an updates page that we're maintaining on the website, metrotampabay.org. You'll see COVID-19 updates on the homepage. We're trying to update that on a regular basis with resources and information about what we're doing for patients during this time. Uh, so please stay in touch there if you are working with us. And then just one more question um, before we go, and I think we've kind of sure. covered this round and about, but I kind of just want to circle back to it. Yeah. Ultimately, this is fear of the unknown, right? Everybody is expected, like, we just don't know what, where this is going to end, what's going to happen, that sort of thing. What, what are the parting peace of mind advice you could give for people, all of us really, that are feeling that way? This is a lot of pressure, Brian. Um, <laughs> the, you know, I think the most important when we have the unknown, which we do on so many levels and in so many ways and so many areas of wellness, I think the most important thing is to focus on what you can control because we can't control Good this. Advice. We have no idea. So focus on what you can control. Try to eat well. Try to be kind to others. Try to be kind to yourself. Um, Participate where you can, let things go where you can. Um, focus on what we can do, what we can control. All right, terrific. Well, I wanted to thank you, Laura, for uh, taking some time on Friday night uh, to, to give some of our viewers and our patients and clients some of that uh, supportive advice. Um, I, I don't wanna end tonight without giving a really huge big thank you to our healthcare workers who really are on the front line of this, and, and that includes those are, that are fighting this pandemic, but even our health care workers at Metro Inclusive Health, they don't get to work from home like us. They are still there making sure patients are taken care of, that medications are being filled. And, you know, while we're doing a lot of things over telemedicine, if someone's really sick and does need to come in, we are seeing patients, we're taking care of them. And I have to give a big shout out to all of them because they really they do it with a smile and they are really taking care of us. And, and we got to thank them. We got to thank them, be thankful for them and thank them for it. This is also National Social Work Month. So this has really been a challenge for a lot of social workers, but we want to recognize them for sure. So uh, we're going to try to continue to do uh, at least a series like this at least once a week. Um, but for now, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you very much. And please, everyone, have a safe and fun and happy weekend and call somebody you haven't talked to in a while that's a yes. good idea thank yes. you thank you you've been listening to inclusivity and beyond with metro inclusive health subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community want to hear us cover a subject in the future email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org for sponsorship information, contact James K at metrotampabay.org.